Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to episode 80 of Double Hot Beat, where we take the pulse of the beer and brewing scene. I'm James, a home brewer and craft beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer intermediate. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, if you celebrate. Yeah. We're back. We're back. It feels like it's been like so long since we've recorded our last episode, but it's really not. It's just time flies. Two weeks is just not enough time. <laughs> Especially during like November now, it's almost December, like crazy, craziness already. Yes, I. it's feels like you're right. It feels like a long time ago, but also like yesterday. So, And I think usually you're the first person to break out the Christmas movies, but I think I have beat you already to watching a Christmas movie already. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, no, we watched one together. We watched the Santa Claus. Oh, yes, you're right. We watched the new uh, Santa Claus series on Disney+. Plus. Yes, it was... Decent so far. We'll see how it goes. But That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. We have also been busy with our home brewery and canning beers for our friends. James started a new Philip Friday program. Yeah, Philip Friday. Neighbors. Bring your growlers, place your can orders for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I know this is me a reoccurring thing and by, that goes on. And by orders, I mean so I don't get texts like they're not purchasing three minutes beer. three minutes before saying, "Hey, can I get like ten cans of your New England IPA for tonight?" And then I'm rushing downstairs to can them up before they're at my garage door. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to. It's like the thirty minutes or less delivery for Domino's. Yeah. You have to do it in thirty seconds or less. But it's it's going to help me out because where I'm maxed out. The single kegerator has got the pumpkin in it. Our other kegerator has got the New England IPA, the rye IPA, and the peach blonde, which is now gone. How I know the, the peach is like almost done is when the puree is re- like it's really thick, like a milkshake almost. Yeah. So, but I mean, again, it, that beer was a big hit mm-hmm. as it always is, but yeah, definitely. I'll be working on the raspberry version for this holiday. Exciting. Well, we'll get into that in a little bit, but first we want to touch on some Beer news. There's been really good craft beer news. Uh, Although I wouldn't say the very... first one's craft beer, but. I guess. Well, <laughs> it's beer, okay? It's beer mixed with soccer. Or. Everyone, other, everyone else besides America or calls everyone, it I was going to say, everyone else calls it football outside of America. So maybe we'll go with that um, because they're the majority. So it's football. Yes. And I'm sure everyone who follows football uh, knows about the story where the World Cup is going to be in. It started already. Yes, started and Budweiser is the sponsor for the World Cup. And originally they were going to be allowed to sell alcohol for this tournament. And then lo and behold, no. So originally Qatar had agreed to FIFA's requirements of selling alcohol in the stadiums. And the alcohol were supposed to be released 11 weeks before the kickoff. And then it was changed this Friday. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm sure that led to a lot of, oh, crap moments from Budweiser. Mm-hmm. Um, but the FIFA president downplayed this last minute ban. And he's basically like, well, if people can't control themselves for three hours without beer, then there's something else like wrong with them. <laughs> okay. We're basically what he was he was saying and just downplayed the whole fiasco. Um, but spectators can drink alcoholic beer in the evenings in the FIFA Fan Festival designated party areas that offers live music and activities. So it's not like it's at all. It's just not during the match and it's just not at the stadium itself. And there's different de- designated areas that will have alcohol for like after. Well, so did they say if this decision was to try to 
kind of tame the crowd a bit, like make sure people didn't get indulged too much and then get rowdy? Or is it more of a stipulation within the country? Like, cause I don't, I, I mean, think it's a, a mix of both. Cause I think without getting into it in too much detail, I think the country had some very strict requirements to begin with, just from a cultural standpoint and just their take on alcoholic beverages in general and different regulations and requirements mm-hmm. and, and then it just again i think the crap controlling the size amount of people that will be in a stadium as well they they kind of want to respect um the kind of the local well i googled it because okay. <laughs> okay, i really well, need to know uh so in general public consumption of alcohol is actually illegal in qatar so, so that's why so they it's, were so it is cultural like I yeah was, so they I were relaxing okay. the rules just for the tournament okay. and then it sounds like I'm sure Qatar at the last moment was like, never mind, don't want to open this can of worms. Let's let's roll back on some of those. So. And, the, and we kind of had a Massachusetts moment where like Qatar or Qatar, and people say it both ways. So I guess it's like Worcester. Or Google Usta. says Qatar, so we're gonna go with. You're that. gonna go with Google. Qatar. Gonna go with the robot. Yes, I'm gonna go with the robot. All right, Chan's Chan's the pro. Here. And if you a fun fact, I mean it's kind of related, but if it says if you smuggle alcohol into the country, you can face up to three years in prison. Holy crap! Yeah. That's crazy. So don't do that, folks. Yeah, but it sounds like they were trying to relax and they have a relaxed some because there is still going to be alcohol consumption allowed, just not during the event itself. Yeah, I think they're making it very clear of this area has alcohol or this area doesn't so that people who don't want to be involved with people that are drinking don't have to be. Like, I think that was a big part of this as well, Mm -hmm. which is, I again, I'm not one side or the other. I think it's kind of just like, yeah, they both make pretty good points and especially from a cultural standpoint if that was my culture like i'd probably be yeah. on that side as well of okay like we don't want to cater like well it's tough because it's a for... international competition right like, this is world cup but yet you still want to respect their traditions and the laws of the country that exactly hosting, the hosting so. country right yeah so i think the designation of the different areas is a good like compromise i would say so mm-hmm. that you know, you don't have to make people feel uncomfortable, but also you're catering to Basically, people. so the people going are the ones choosing to drink, and those right. who choose not to drink are not going to be forced to be exposed to it. But it's just really funny that Budweiser is caught up in this, of course. And they had, rep- it's now said that they reportedly, quote unquote, tweeted, well, this is awkward, which I, the original story when I found this, that's what their Twitter had on Friday before they deleted it. And then they, recently tweeted a cryptic image of hundreds of crates of thousands of crates of beer that says new day new tweet winning country gets the buds and so it they're says, gonna who give, will get that who jokingly will get them? saying they're giving all of the beer they're not gonna like, sell they're kind of saying team? like yeah they're kind of saying like so what do we like what should we do with all these beers oh, should or we send give them, them just to, to the should country. we give them to like the fans that are for different things are kind of like poking fun at like what are we supposed to gotcha. do with all these cans of budweiser so I'm like, I just think it's really funny that they like Water deleted the that tweet. Like you can't just keep a tweet that just says, well, this is awkward. Like they're, they're probably so focused on their brand. And then, yeah, the head of PR was, yeah, like, was like, what uh, the hell did, did you this? do? What the hell did you do? Someone You're fired. <laughs> yeah. And then they, they're like, let's get passive aggressive instead and do this like thing, whatever. Taken after Wendy's. So they, this was all reported, folks. So I'm not getting sued by Budweiser. Another... Big beer news. Uh, Coors has decided that it's necessary that women are really clamoring for this new product, which is Chill 
polish. It's nail polish that will tell this you is if your totally beer going, is cold enough to drink. This is totally Shannon's stocking stuffer. She's getting some of this chill polish, as they're calling it. And it's just like modeled after their cans where it's cool as the Rockies, where it's changed the color based on the temperature of the beer to ensure that you're drinking crisp, cold beer. And now they they teamed up with a nail polish company and they created their chill polish, which again, they say it'll change colors. All you do is simply paint your nails, hold your pint glass and voila, see the blue or not so blue. If your beer is too warm, it's like, all right, like I think pe- an average person who's drinking a beer can tell if a beer glass where the beer is cold enough for them to drink Yeah. without putting on a nail polish. But. Yeah, because then you also have to wait for the nail polish to dry. And the nail polish is the cost of a beer, $7. <laughs> I mean, which in nail polish pricing, that's about a middle of the road nail polish. Okay. I have I have no knowledge of nail yeah. pro- polish prices. So Cheap ones are like four or five bucks, but like middle. So like OPI and then SE are like usually between seven and $9, depending on the size of the bottle and what the season is. Oh, nice. <laughs> So again, it seems like big beer right now is just all for the holidays. They're trying to get in as much swag and yeah, uh, because I don't think any of these. We said this is craft beer news, but now that I think about it, none of this is this, actually craft. This is beer. all big beer news. What big the hell are we? Do, what the hell are we doing? See what happens. We go to St. Louis. And James has been corrupted by. We've been Budweiser. corrupted, but we're we're not painting this in a very good light. So I guess we're consistent with our tone on this podcast <laughs> towards big beer. Yeah. So the last thing you can't even get anymore because it is sold out. And it was of a Miller Lite tree keg stand. Yes. And it, and when I first read this, I was like, oh my God, like this is kind of hilarious. Are they... Did like, you think it was an actual like keg thought, that you could do a keg stand on? Yes. So my fraternity mind went right there <laughs> of like, wait, so did they come up with something where like literally they have a tap coming out of a tree where like you're supposed to like do a keg stand and that was the whole thing? No, not exactly. This is basically a small table used to support the tree, I think up to a 125 pound tree, I think, or something. Mm. That doesn't seem very heavy. Well, I feel like it's, people don't usually weigh their trees. Usually it's by height. Well, yeah. So I'm like, so, what's the person going to do? Weigh their t- Christmas gonna tree on their brewing scale? Weighs, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to weigh my Christmas tree on my brewing scale to see uh, if this uh, Miller keg stand will support the weight of the tree and basically it fits around a quarter barrel keg beneath it and it has the faucet that comes out just like your tubing with your little faucet tap plastic piece on the end so that you could serve beer under your tree and this just sounds like a disaster like how do you lock that up with kids like if you have kids like well, hey kids you can you pour this. me a beer like you wouldn't be getting it if you have kids i, I guess. guess so i guess uh, and they said, it's like the beer is being poured directly from the tree. It's what you always wanted. It's what we always wanted. <laughs> and this is playing off their success of their, I think it was last year, their beer, Beerniments uh, campaign Beerniments. where they sold out of those as well. Um, and they're just making beer part of the holiday. Isn't beer always part of holidays? And isn't that kind of like, I guess they're like trying to make it a positive thing. I always thought like the stigma behind beer and holidays was always like painted in a negative light. If you look about it, I mean, it's a wonderful life, like the drinking in that, like what all the stuff, like negative connotations with going to bars and doing that on the holiday stuff. Yeah. And now it seems like everyone's trying to promote alcohol during the holidays is like a good thing too. So I don't know. It's I just thought it was really interesting how it's like so. now they're associating holidays with alcohol. Yeah. Well, speaking of the holidays, James, do you have any 
Thanksgiving beer recommendations? I like to go with two different options, something light and then also just something to have with the dinner and the meal itself that's a little heavier uh, in the range of anywhere from 10 to 13% ABV, (laughs) similar to like a glass of wine, something that you're not going to drink quickly, but something you can enjoy during the course of the meal. And with appetizers and when you're getting started, something light like a pale ale or a like a Christmas holiday ale, something light under under six percent, like a four and a four and a half percent, would be a perfect perfect mm-hmm. uh, beverage. So I tend to gravitate towards those pale ales. Sierra Nevada has the great pale ale. I think it's like five point six percent. That's a good good one. Celebrations a little heavier, which is also really good from them. Trogues puts out really good beers for the holidays, and then just any holiday ale or like. A lot of those like white Belgian beers mm-hmm. that are out there are like lighter and a little bit citrusy. So they go with pretty much any appetizer that you have. But I really like the Belgian triples and quads for the Thanksgiving meal. If I can fu- get my hands on some just because they're heavier, but they're like kind of like a little bit fruity. So it will balance with your, your turkey or your ham and everything else that you get. And I guess you're eating heavy enough food that, you know, it's kind of kind of offset. The effects of the alcohol as well. Right. And, you know, especially if you're with people that are drinking wine, it you kind of can indulge in that kind of, you can put it in a nice wine glass or a goblet and just enjoy it so that you're not just keep cracking open Miller's during a Thanksgiving feast and have like 30 cans in front of you. Not a good look. Because <laughs> you're not going to recycle them as they're empty? You're just gonna no, I guess. I, <laughs> I'm just picturing someone just cracking, like, out, like putting the... 30 rack of Miller on the, oh on the Thanksgiving table and just being like, all right, next, next, yeah, next. Good house guest. I'd be so mad. <laughs> That's rude. I'm just kidding. But yeah, those would be my recommendations. And for dessert, like if, if you're a stout person, definitely getting some nice stouts to go with the dessert would be really good. Okay. With some apple pie and ice cream. Or, or switching out from beer. I know this is a beer podcast, but doing some nice like whiskey would be a good one or, um, yeah. Something that you can put in like a nice coffee, an Italian coffee or an oh, Irish okay. coffee. Like a Bailey's or something? Yeah, Bailey's. Okay. Something to keep you warm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just like Miracle on 34th Street, that that, San, that intoxicated Santa Claus. That okay. Gotta do something to keep warm. James is going to reference all of the nineteen early 1900s Christmas All the classics. Yeah, of course. Okay, but, well, but how did your cider come out? We didn't talk about that. I know. Well, so when we last were talking about my cider, it wasn't ready to, for consumption yet. But it it came out good, I think. I preferred the sweet version, but that's just my preference overall. But we had a couple of our friends try it, and then we also served it at our Halloween party, and I think it, it went over well. We had one bottle bomb when we first opened it. When I first opened it, James, he's pointing out that it only happened when I opened it. For the ciders, yeah. For the ciders, yeah. So the first one we opened, I think we did the sweet first, and that one exploded a little bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think for the first try and for not thinking that it actually worked, like I was nervous that it just wasn't going to be anything. It was. It came out a lot better than I anticipated. Yeah. And I, I do think our idea of splitting the batch was a brilliant idea because it really did. Just go pat yourself on the back for that. I mean, it, it gave two options from the same yeah. kit, which was great because some people really enjoyed the dry, but other people mm-hmm. really wanted something sweet. So the sweet one for me was my favorite just because it had the complexity of both. 
So mm-hmm. you got like the sweetness up front and then at the end you had that dry finish that I really like in a cider. So I don't think the sweet was too sweet though. No. I think if you put any more of the sweetener yeah. in it, it would have been too too sweet. Um, one of those ones that's kind of like the green apple kind of sweetness mm-hmm. ones, whereas this is, was more of like a tamed, like a Macintosh cider, Yeah, I would say. But the stouts that I had bottled, those were every single one were are bottle bombs when you open them. Just in the funny thing. <laughs> so we ha- I was in my dentist costume from Jurassic Park with basically wearing the yellow rain jacket. And thank God I was wearing a yellow rain jacket <laughs> because I, you know, Kurt, our brewery friend was like, oh, I'll take a stout. And I was like, all right, great. Take open the cooler, take out the, the big 20 uh, ounce bottle, pop that thing open. And the thing, like I'm always trained when I open anything that could have pressure, not that a bottle necessarily is going to have incredible amounts of pressure but just like you would a wine bottle you never aim it at your face mm-hmm. um, and I also when I open those homebrew bottles just in case you have bottle bombs you kind of crack it open and have your other hand kind of protecting so if it does shoot the cap at you like it's going to hit your hand and not your face mm-hmm. or the ceiling second I open it thing like literally explosion of foam everywhere. It got all over my rain jacket. And I'm like, yes, rain jacket, thank mm-hmm. God. But it just made a total mess. And so I'm like, oh, here you go. Let me pour, you know, the, what's left of the, the stout. But the reviews of the stout has been really good. Uh, yeah. Just that you have to just open them carefully and quickly pour it into your glass before all the foam goes everywhere. Yeah. But the, I knew that was kind of going to happen with those stouts because I ran out of the the tab, carb tablets that I used to really mm-hmm. keep it concise. And I didn't have the time to make my simple, you know, sugar solution to mix with the batch itself. Yeah. So I knew I was going to have inconsistencies because the fizz drops that I had from Northern Brewer, the weather kind of like melted some together and mm-hmm. like the sizes weren't consistent so i was just guessing at that point which you never want to do with bottles just because you'll end up with bottle bombs or not carbonated at all but i went the over route so i ended up having bottle bombs yep damn it's like a world series locker room <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but at, at least it was with the stout so i didn't mind that was yeah. kind of just like a yeah yeah like, I'll make it. I didn't want to keg it because I'm not a big stout drinker. So mm-hmm. I drink maybe have one every, you know, once a week, maybe at most. So <laughs> I thought you say like once a month. Once a week is pretty no, I guess No, I guess once a, Yeah, stout. I guess realistically, Shan's yeah. right. It would be more like once a month, <laughs> if that. Unless we were around St. Patrick's Day because then you do like. Oh, right, right. Although I would say the only stout that I really like will grab is Lost Shoe Brewing in Marlboro's Good Night, Kevin. Yeah, which I which is an again. imperial stout. Yeah, and on that note, we were invited to go to their lost forest. Lost forest. The lost forest. So we're excited to do that the first weekend of December to go to Lost Shoe Brewing and and enjoy their lost forest again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely gonna get that, Kevin. Whew, hopefully they have it. Hopefully, yeah. Oh, hopefully they have it, and they do the nice marshmallow. They toast the marshmallow on the top. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm excited. So James, you also entered your first homebrew competition. I did. You did. What and did you submit? I was hoping we were never going to talk about that ever again because. Oh, no, you know, we're going to talk no, about just, it. I'm you have kidding. to highlight the good and the bad. I know. I'm just, James. yeah, I'm just playing. Yeah. So the first homebrewing competition, as I had mentioned in a previous episode, I had submitted my blonde ale recipe where it was a different recipe from my original blonde ale that we did the collaboration with. 
and I had to switch out the Munich malt part of the recipe with Vienna malt, which it actually did make it a lot lighter and it was crisp. But so that's the beer I submitted. Basically how this competition worked, it wasn't BJCP. So the judging was a little different. They did Mm. two different panels of judging and all the styles were together. Yeah. Which is a big difference from the BJCP. To back up a little bit, there was only 20 submissions. Right. I think in the competition itself. So it's hard to break out into different categories when you might right, only have right. one in a certain category. Like you were the only blonde that got entered. Right. So like if they did it by category, you would just win by default, which is not, I guess that's you true. know, I guess that's a good, point. not a great way well, to I think judge. Originally, I think they said previously they had like over a hundred submissions. Again, this was just a, a local brewery and home, our homebrew shop that this is their second year, I think, doing it. I think they said they had over 100 their first year. And then this year was, they think they were aiming for 50 and they got 20. Yeah, they ended up getting actually 20. No, I think it was 20. They only was, they only received it was under 20 thir- submissions. Yes, okay. They had other people sign up, but then never received the actual beer. Right, so I think so. they said there was like 30-something that signed up and then they only got like 20-something. Yeah, 20 beers. Okay. Yeah. Shannon got all the deets on like how many <laughs> beers. I was like, that's even makes me even feel even worse uh, no less entries but i'm like no i'm that, saying that it's, makes it's sense. I, I really makes yeah. like because you're saying like we're a little disappointed you didn't win but i'm saying if they had done it by categories like then right. there was well, a right. bigger chance you would win but it's out of 20 beers yeah so there's 20 i'm just other, clarifying like, like what crazy. was different other than being like Correct. non like when i say it's non-bjcp and on the submission forms we did have to put like what style the ibus the srm which is for the color and any other details about the beer like any adjuncts or anything else that make made it different i just left that blank when i was submitting it they didn't say it was that important to put the details of like what was in it because there's nothing really it wasn't like spruce tips or like age in a pine tree for like 20 days like or like (laughs) they, they didn't weren't looking for like what you would probably do when you're doing these other competitions where you kind of have to sell the beer where you're kind of like you know fresh peaches like pureed in the you know the the blonde ale using the whatever fresh whatever malt or however you describe it really well to kind of sell the beer that they weren't really looking for that they were just looking for just Mm -hmm. the basics how the abv the the color the ibus that more so than a description of what the beer was. Gotcha. So it was a pretty long period of time to submit, which was good. I think that definitely helped them get some new beers mm-hmm. versus previously. It was a little bit shorter, I believe. And, you know, you might end up with old beers being submitted. Mm-hmm. And like just because it gives homebrewers more time to brew fresh beers for the season and not like the previous season's beers being submitted. So I, I like that about about this competition that it and it was free as well to enter which again like no pressure there because there's no financial you know you only need to submit two bottles which was great and it was just a hand deliver so i didn't have to deal with the packaging and sending and worrying about that aspect of the packaging so i ended up submitting two 12 ounce bottles i was very concerned with the two that i submitted because it had a lot of sediment on the bottom of the bottles due to the carbonation tablets that I had used. Mm-hmm. So I was very concerned with that because the appearance, it kind of, if you looked at the bottle, it wasn't just like your normal little yeah. sediment layer. It was pretty prevalent. 
So that, that was one of my concerns when I submitted it, but we had popped some open that also had the sediment in the bottom and mm-hmm. it, it tasted fine. So we weren't concerned with that. But mm-hmm. the ones that, the beers that won, well, two were kind of surprising. One was not surprising given where we live, but the third place went to a red ale, which everyone that was, was kind of surprised about. I yeah. was shocked by that. And they even kind of joked at it when they revealed the winner, the third place winner of the red ale, because they're like, oh, in third place, a red ale. Nobody likes red ale, but third <laughs> place is red ale. Yeah. Second place went to, surprise, surprise, a New England, a double New England IPA. So, yes. And then the New- first, the first place winner was a strawberry milkshake pale ale so that was kind of the second and so to me like when first at first when they said the third place was red ale i'm like holy shit like a red ale has gotten has placed like that's insane do you think that i was like i have a big chance i I was like i have a shot i was like i have a shot because my expectations were honestly very low for this i just wanted to like try and place i didn't think i'd win but Again, when I heard there was only like 20 people, I'm like doing the odds in my head. I'm like, all right, well, and again, I was like, it's all going to depend on these two sets of judging panels on what, like what they like to drink. And that's always like, I guess, in the back of your mind of you're up to whoever's trying your beer. So how they did it was basically each round they would um, blind test drink the beers and then they would put forward what beers they want to move on to the next round. And then after everyone's pushed which one they want to move to the next round, then they discuss, narrow that down to like two or three or however many they did for each round to go through. And then they would then match that same beer up against another beer from that same tier. And then it got to the point where then at the end, I think they both sets of judges combined with the top like four, I think they Mm -hmm. had. Something along those lines. I'll have to talk to Charlie and see specifics and we'll get him on the show too to talk about the experience from the judging side and kind of just organizing a competition. So we'll get him on from the homebrew shop to talk about that a little bit. Definitely. Yeah, Um, but we... But yeah, so again, like once I heard Red Ale, I was like, okay, I have a shot at this because this is a (laughs) blonde ale. I was debating between submitting my peach blonde and the blonde in, in retrospect now, knowing that I didn't place with the blonde, I definitely should have done my peach blonde instead and i had asked you know charlie i was like i brought him the four bottles to the homebrew shop and i was like all right i have this the blonde but then i also have the peach blonde Mm -hmm. which i was kind of like trying to like get a one up and i was like which one do you think i should submit because he knows the judges that we're going to be judging so he could kind of tell if they were all going to pick ipas or like flavor beers he's like well if you submit the peach blonde then that's considered a fruit I would submit it as a fruit beer. So then you might be, you know, in in my head, then I was like, oh, then I'll be up against fruit beers thinking Mm -hmm. BJCP. And I would lose right off the bat because it would be a lighter of the fruit beers. It's not an overpowering fruit, fruit, like milkshake type beer. So I was like, all right, I'll submit the blonde because not many people I would suspect to do a blonde. And again, I was right. I was the only blonde to submit. So... Mm -hmm. I kind of got that down. Charlie was able to drink my peach because I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to submit this. Here's two bottles. You can try it. And he's like, oh, let's pop one open. He tried it and they really liked it. And there was a couple <laughs> other home brewers in the shop and they all enjoyed it as well. Um, so yeah, so when the red ale, I was like, all right, I have a shot, but I'm like, I can't see, I'm like, a, there's going to be at least one IPA mm-hmm. and then X factor of something else, like a 
and then maybe mine, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so then when they said the second one was a New England I- double New England IPA, I was like, yep, 100%. There's the IPA. And I was like, all right, number one, it's got to be either an IPA, something else, or my <laughs> X factor of just like a regular drinkable crisp blonde, like something that maybe mine was the only cri- like one of that caliber. Like, I think they said they didn't have any lagers, but something that stood out so much where they might have had all IPAs and like, you know, holiday ales and stuff like that. Mine might have been that one that mm-hmm. stood out to be just like kind of like your crisp general, like solid blonde ale. So I was like, all right, I either have a shot at this or I I didn't place. And then, <laughs> so he's like- he's All or nothing. All or nothing. So like anticipation at this moment's killing me. And he's kind of going through and he looks over in our direction and like is the longest pause, or at least to me, it felt like the longest pause in saying what this beer, like who won. And mm-hmm. he was kind of just like, and he was like, all right, in first place, J, and like the person who won's name started with a J too. A J, I think it was J-A, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Was- and he kind of like, it was just so funny because he was just like dragging out and it's J-A, and then it was like Jason. It wasn't, yeah. I think it was Jason. Yeah. Uh, and it was like for a strawberry milkshake pale, and I'm like, there it is. They're like, yep can't can't compete yeah. against a strawberry milkshake pale ale mm-hmm. like there's no shot like even if i had the best blonde in the world like you can't compete against a new england ipa and that so again like at that moment i was like all right well this sucks but like yeah that this makes sense so i'm like all right so it seems like the third place was the the gene- kind of like your quote-unquote generic style beer, like traditional beer that i was like all right well could probably could have been between mine or the bread ale again like i wish that they had had like everyone could taste the winning one after you know um so i I think they are doing making beer kits out of the first place recipe if yeah but i'm saying it would have been nice like because we went to the end we went to the little like yeah so we went to the gathering for the party gathering of the results um, i wish the head said like Oh, this is the winner, and then everyone gets to try some. Like not like a full glass, but like yeah, that would a be cool. Taster, yeah, you know, yeah, that would be kind of cool because it's such an interesting combination: of strawberry milkshake, pale ale. Like yeah, but then I mean, thing, you'd so. have to coordinate like knowing ahead of time who won, and then like you can't exactly. Yeah, but you could have ask people. in the submission. I don't know. I don't what are they going to submit? A like thought. a keg in addition to no, like I'm have not a keg a big, Like just a little taster. Like you could a couple extra bottles. Like yeah, I guess. I don't know. I was just saying, it would have been nice to yeah, try it because it sounds interesting. Cool. But I got to try some of Lops Brewing's beers when we were there. I got the pumpkin spice pale ale, and I think they're Kolsch. Was what I yep, had? Yeah, the Kolsch. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So and pumpkin had, spice was good, but it was a little too sweet for me, yeah. which is surprising. And I had the West their West Coast IPA, and then their New England IPA. Shocker. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I think that was the only choices, right? And then there was they had like a seltzer and a. Yeah, they a couple cider. ciders, a couple seltzers. Yeah. yeah. So, but, again, like at that point, I was like, fuck this. I'm not drinking a blonde or a cult. Like, they didn't have a blonde. But I was like, <laughs> I was like still bitter. I'm like, fuck, I'm having the IPA. Like, that's that's what I'm having. Like, damn. Like, it I was, need an IPA. And it was a fun, good though. experience overall. Again, it was, but the, all right. So then they had feedback cards and scorecards for all the beers. So that, again, the biggest reason why I wanted to do a competition was to get that feedback portion. And then if I place, like, that would just be like icing on the cake. But I really want to hone down that recipe and see if that Vienna making that change in my 
recipe like mm-hmm. made a big difference on what people's feedback was on the beer because the feedback of the one we did with the collaboration with the Munich portion in addition to the Cascade dry hop was real really well received and had really good feedback across the board from people that have judged beers before. So I really wanted to get that feedback from the judges. So they had all the the scorecards and all the feedback on those scorecards. And of course, lo and behold, mine's the one that's lost. <laughs> so bump bump bum. The lost beer. The lost scorecard happened to be my beer. So no feedback, which was really the shitty part about it. But again, it's it happens and it wouldn't be a homebrewing competition without some kind of like snafu. So I'm glad it happened to me and not someone else. But again, it kind of sucks. Didn't get get to have the feedback. Although in consolidation, Charlie was like, yeah, your beer did make it through several rounds. So I was that's like, good. all right, that's good feedback, I guess. Yeah. So that it wasn't just like, all right, out. But next time. But I'm going to, I think I still have a little bit left. I'll give two bottles and have the, he knows the uh, people who are judging and have them. Redo it. Redo. Recount. Redo. Redo. There's hanging chads in this situation. (laughs) There's hanging chads. Yeah, it was so funny. It was just like, oh, can I see my scorecard? Oh, yeah. Your name? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's not here. Shoot. We don't know what happened to it. Yep. Sorry. (laughs) It was kind of just like kicked when you're down kind of a thing. But hey, at least, at least I got some beer. At least I could drink some beer during it so mm-hmm. that was yeah. consolidation i guess very true well i don't think it should stop you from trying again no I, i'll definitely be doing it again and definitely i think it gave at least a taste of how these competitions can go kind of like just feedback of what seems to place well what doesn't and just like what style to submit and just like the getting into the mindset of how to submit and being organized yeah. and having things ready to go and just the process of doing a competition so again didn't place but you know it was in a learning experience and i'll definitely be doing it again awesome okay awesome great well we also want to share because as we mentioned thanksgiving is thanksgiving time which means black friday is approaching which means the holiday all the spouses out there are all like locking down everyone's computers hiding like trying to put blinders on everybody all the homebrewers out there so that they don't go crazy during this time of year buying Homebrewing equipment. But there's a couple of companies who are having discounts for Black Friday, some new products coming out. So what do you want to... Yeah, this is the time of year that if you're on the fence about buying something and you can't wait till next year or middle of the year where you're going to pay full (laughs) price for something that might come out new. So the only risk... So if you're on the fence about just research what equipment you're looking at and if there's any rumors of upcoming new products coming out, that'll be probably for the middle of next year of 2023. Just keep a lookout on that because sometimes with these Black Friday and cyber deals, they do deals on things that they might be upgrading soon. So they're trying to clear their warehouses, make the space. Um, So again, if you're, for example, if you're looking for... Um, brew kettles or you know like a big invet big money investment piece now's the time to do it but just research make sure there's no rumors of ver- the next version coming out and then if you do see a new version um, if it's something that's just like a aesthetic that you're okay with the older aesthetic or if it's like a game changing like new pump design that's going to be included just research because you don't want to have that buyer's remorse of you spend the money and then literally the next week they announce the new product for coming up yeah. Um, it's far and in between, but I have seen it. If people don't 
do their research. So definitely do your research, number one. Um, but there's really great Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals going on, especially by the two, in my mind, the two big um, professional mm-hmm. home brewing equipment suppliers out there of Spike Brewing and SS Brewtech. They don't do sales very often, if at all. Um, so this is the one time a year where you can actually score some really good deals if you're on the fence or have been saving up to get a new fermenter yeah. or brewing equipment. So they're both doing 15% off of their products. Yes, which doesn't sound huge, yep. but on a $4,000 brewing setup, that's a big difference. And again, keep an eye on their social media pages as they are run- also running like Spike's doing some giveaways. Mm-hmm. I think right now they're doing, a, if you follow them on Instagram, they're doing a $100 gift card to five people. Oh, they're picking, I thought you meant yeah, like they're you picking just, five people. if you no, just follow fix, them, they'll yeah, give no. you $100. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh. So go to their social media pages to check out what they're offering right now. And SS Brewtech, as Shannon mentioned, 15% off starting 9 a.m. PST Thanksgiving to 11.59 Cyber Monday. And their website, literally, you go under the B F C M. BFCM, uh, as they're calling it, for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. So bad with acronyms. Duh, James, duh. <laughs> okay. Um, and they list out all the different products, what their price is currently, and what the price will be during that period. And it's not one of those things where there's endless inventory. So just keep an eye on that because mm-hmm. you could lose out if you if you don't jump on it when it opens. So basically, if you're looking for something, just get it early. Get it early. If you're looking for something very yep. specific. Just get Absolutely. on early and buy it. And and again, do your research. If if it's something you've been wanting to upgrade your equipment for a long time, check what it includes, what it doesn't include, and then make the decision there. Northern Brewer, one of those websites, is running November deals on many of their beer kits, and a lot of different other items are on sale during mm-hmm. this time. I think I get November. an email every I think day. It's the, yeah, it's the whole month of November. <laughs> And same with More Beer, another website. They'll be running their November of Splendor sales with various items discounted and a percentage off. I mean, I feel like we're rattling off all these companies where maybe they should sponsor us, but just saying. Then we're not sponsored by anyone, but I'm just giving, we're giving you guys a heads up of all these, what what we've found to be like the best, best deals out there. So for the More Beer, I actually took advantage already of their November of Splendor sales with getting their cans mm-hmm. for the cannular canning machine that I have. I'm almost out of cans. So they're 16.9 ounce aluminum cans. I saved 20 bucks, which isn't bad. It's not a lot, but $20 is better than anything if I'm ordering, needing to order mm-hmm. them anyway. So that that was good. Yeah. And there's also some homebrewing equipment that's coming out on the horizon next month. So Spike has released their tank models of kettles that has a bottom drain and for mash ton, an optional mash door. Yeah, so this they had released, I'd say, probably a month ago, maybe. But it's you're really seeing now, especially on the forums, people have starting to get these, starting to use them, providing reviews on YouTube and stuff like that. And the main difference on these kettles is the bo- it has a bottom drain, which is nice. So it, they're kind of like raised up these kettles on legs, and it has a bottom drain to help ease with cleaning. And the biggest difference I see in that is the mash ton door that's optional. Again, it's pricey. It's like adds $500. For a door? Yes. Oh, or no. 300 something like that. It's a significant that's amount like of money. It's like the price of a regular door for your house. But, so, but, <laughs> yes, it's expensive. But if, you, if you're not using 
a grain bag, which is what I use to kind of yeah. alleviate the scraping out of, you know, all your spent grains. This is a game changer because, and it's really the first one I've seen. I think it's the first company that's in, had the option for a home brewer on these small, anywhere from, I think, five to 30 gallon, whatever the gallon is, on a home brewer level, cat size kettles to include a mash door to easily scoop out your grains. And it would make your brew day so much easier of mm -hmm. having this if you're going that route and not doing yeah. the bag route, which is the cheaper op option. So it's a nice to have, but if you're yes. looking to save some money, maybe don't buy that. And one. I think also in their treat new trio setups, they're doing these tank kettles as well as I think they're having a new chiller, I think, or a new design of their table, a couple different things from that, but check that out. But most recently, they've released their Spike Flow pump, and it's sold out actually until December. They say they'll be getting more in, and this is two hundred nineteen dollars. It's basically the pump that's used in your brewing setup to basically pump your wort and your liquid from kettle to kettle, and also the transfer. And the interesting thing is this: this is the uh, flow pump valve that features an air release valve or an ARV. It's got a six-vein impeller design. It's stainless steel, and it it looks beautiful. It's like a <laughs> like so many people have been posting pictures of like the arrivals and like it's kind of uh, so on the Spike forum page. It's become like a point of like Contention. haters, yeah. Where like people are like stop posting stop pictures bragging of about the pictures. Pump. Stop just like and then so you get those people stop posting pictures of it. Like we get it, it's shiny. Like why don't you use it? Dot 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 dot. Like haters out there being like, <laughs> oh here we go again, another person posting a picture of out, out of the box. It's like just let people enjoy their excitement. It's expensive. Yeah. Like people are excited about it. Let people share their excitement. And then you had all the other haters that are like, oh, this looks just like a Blickman, Blickman pump. Oh, they ripped off the Blickman company. And it's like, all right, chill, people. Like, there's, there's obviously, there, there's obviously differences. There's obviously similarities. Like, what product out there doesn't have a similar product that you could make an argument that it's like, oh, they're copying this. It's like, they take what works, and there you go with it. Like, yeah. obviously, like, people can do their own research. Like, you don't need to troll and be like, Oh, nice job, Spike, of copying another company. It's like, chill out. And then, like, even Ben, the founder of Spike, like, had responded on some of these and, like, kind of got caught in the middle of just, like, defend, like, can you guys, like, just, like, look at our product specs and just make the decision for yourself? Like, mm -hmm. don't, like, hate on our new product release when, you know, you're all that's coming up now for this pump is, like, all the negatives about yeah, the pump yeah. and, like, ruining, like, their sales of it. Or potential sales. And then you had people jumping on like, oh, classic CEO, like, you know, not giving people the freedom to talk about like what's wrong with their product. Like maybe God. you shouldn't be involved. And it just like turns into a whole big thing. It's just like, just let everyone have their opinions. Like, you yeah. know, what? like it's very rare to have a CEO of like a company like actually interacting with people. But again, it, people can see how comments can come off wrong. And I'm sure like their PR person was like, all right, like, let's tone you back a bit. Like, mm -hmm. don't don't interact with these trolls. Like some people just like to watch the world burn, James. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we need like a Batman of the, the homebrewing yeah, forums because yeah. it gets juicy. I just read them because Hot I just band. laugh. I just laugh because I think it's hilarious how people get so like heated over they these have nothing things. better to do with their days. So that's what they do. 
so yeah, so that's that's good news on that. I mean, it's it's a new product. It looks good. I'm excited to see what the reviews are of it. And then you also have SS Brutech releasing their SVBS. Something, some very big system. <laughs> some very big system. Yeah. Uh, it's Splendidly their, very big system. Splendidly very big system. It's their single vessel brewing system. That so similar to when we had the grandfather, <laughs> they're now entering the space of the single vessel brewing system. And that's going to be available starting in December for $1,299, which is comparable to mm-hmm. a lot of the comp- competitors out there. So they're kind of late to the game on this, but I like it looks beautiful. And some of their designs in it, it's got a halo element with a 4,600 watt. So it's going to get your temps like up there pretty quick. It's mm-hmm. a 240 volt, 12 gallon total vessel volume. So at the moment, that's the only one they have. I imagine they're going to go with a bigger size as well option. Mm-hmm. So the thing to consider with the system is you might max out with your grains if you're looking. So you could probably get like a five to maybe a 10 gallon batch, maybe. Yeah. So Because when they say the this, vessel volume is, is 12 gallons, yeah. I don't think you could actually get a 12 gallon batch. But it's it. also an all-in-one system, which yeah. means it's a space saving system, which means exactly. that people who are most likely people who are buying this are don't have a ton of space to be brewing 20 gallons of beer at a time. So you exactly. want something that's smaller and, and not going to produce as much. And also, even though they're late to the game, quote unquote, like it can pay off in terms of a market strategy because you look at all of the competitors and what they've produced so far and what do people not like about those. Right. And kind of, so like the, a late entrance to the market can be helpful because you're kind of almost perfecting your competitors designs and producing one that kind of addresses some issues that other people may have brought up. So yeah. I'm not sure if that's exactly what they did with this one, but it is it is a strategy that can pay off if you do it right. Yeah. And what I really like about this system from the specs and everything that they've released so far on their page is they included their pure flow valves on the bottom of this, which I love these kind of valves. And again, like simplicity for the home brewer is key mm-hmm. and their dial control, how you control everything. It's just so simple and so easy to use. And I love the basket design on this as well as there's a little hop filter, um, I think in it that you don't have to deal with, but it will help. So you don't get clogs as you're trying to go through this that's thing. Nice. Again, that's just from the pictures I've seen and kind of l- briefly looking at it. So definitely take a look at it. If that's something you're interested in, um, you will need the 240 volt NEMA L6 dash 30p plug though to run this piece of equipment Mm. which is pretty standard because i wouldn't recommend the standard household at least in the u.s the 120 volt because that just takes way too much time to reach the temperatures that you need so definitely i think it's it's right up there with the competitors and i'm interested to see what what it can do well i'm gonna say spoiler alert james this is not something that's gonna be under the tree for you oh (laughs) Damn. I'll let you know up front, so don't oh, come, come downstairs on. on Christmas morning expecting uh, to see. Come on, come on, SS Brutech. Help Shannon out. Help me out. <laughs> no. Sorry, it's out of my price That's range okay. this year. <laughs> yeah, because if it was me, if I didn't have my uh, three-kettle SS Brutech system, I'd be looking at this versus the Spike Solo, mm-hmm. which is the, the competitor of that those two versions for an all-in-one system. But there's also the Bruzilla, there's the Grandfather, which we yeah. like loved the Grandfather. So there's plenty of options now for the home brewer. But this is like the shiny, this will be like Santa's shiny new toy under the, the tree. Santa comes riding in on a SVBS. As Santa ends, enters the digital world of yes. home brewing. Yep. 
Well, hopefully that gave you guys some ideas for things to ask for, maybe looking for someone, a gift for someone, or, you know, hopefully that helped you all out and you can get something good on Black Friday. Yeah. Make sure you share with us too. Yeah, Anything definitely. you get on Black Friday or Cyber Deal, anything you're excited about, you can direct message us on our Instagram at Double Hot Beat Podcast. Yeah, and while you're there, we're always looking for homebrewers to join us and share their stories. The so. very elusive <laughs> homebrewers who are happy to post pictures but are too shy to talk with Shannon and myself. But we're if very you, if, intimidating people. We're very intimidating. <laughs> Shannon's just going to grill you. She's going to grill you now. <laughs> you can also follow us while you're there as well. And tag your friends and, you know, share your photos with us. And also remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. That really helps us get new listeners. And again, follow us on our Instagram page. as the best way that we can reach homebrewers just like you. Yeah. And thank you for listening. This has been Double, Double Hoppy. Hoppy. Catch, Catch you on, on the, the brew side. side. Gobble, gobble. Happy Thanksgiving.